you've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected the Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. So, um, you just heard Patrick and I giggling there because I was like, wait, because I'm just going to press record because knowing Patrick and I, we're going to... Li- we're just going to get off on one and there's going to be some really <laughs> bloody good truth bombs and topics of conversation. Then we're going, oh, we should have recorded that. So 100%. I'd like to, yeah. So I'd like to introduce you to the uh, wonderful Patrick Cook. Um, I absolutely have so much love for this guy. Like we, we've oh. never met. We have, uh, we've, I've been on your podcast and yep. in, He's alive in your be fucking creative group. That's right. Uh, we've co-authored a book together. We've never met, but and we've even been on uh, the master of the mic, Mr. Adam Walton. We've That's been right. on his podcast. We've That's got another right. episode to do with him, apparently, haven't we? A follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Patrick, welcome to the Truth Serum. Anything goes. Adam's already called me a potty mouth, so you know. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's an absolute honor to be here, Don. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, well, you know, invitation only. (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) Because space is really important, right? That's right. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you have a subject that I want to explore with you today that you call sovereignty. Ooh, I love it. Yes. Let's dive in. Yeah, it's one of my favorite he, subjects. He does the vibrations in the mic as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on then. Tell us a bit about Patrick and uh, what you do in the world and how you're showing up in sovereignty and what that means for you. Ooh, yes. What do I do mm. in the world? Well, it's been ever evolving and continues to evolve. Um, you know, I started out as a musician, which has always been my passion, my expression, my love. Um, which has served me incredibly well. Um, it's been such a an gorgeous calling and career uh, that I had in music. Uh, I wrote um, like jingles for advertising for almost 20 years, which again afforded me the luxury of being home with my children. Um, as a freelancer, I had, had the studio in my house. And so raising my children as conscious, emotionally aware, I think is my number one success. And so I have deep gratitude for my career in music for, for that. Um, Having said that, I was still ignoring anything that was uncomfortable or unsavory and numbing out with alcohol. That was my number one go-to vice. Uh, <laughs> coming from coming from an Irish Catholic family, that's not surprising. It was yeah, kind of big, Guinness. 
<laughs> exactly. You know, ah, you have a problem, go down to the pub. Ah, you have an issue, let's have a drink. You know, that's just how it went. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, which was great to a certain extent. Um, but then as I sort of matured in later life, I realized, okay, this isn't really serving me. Maybe I should be looking mm -hmm. at this. And and then, it, frankly, it was probably another 10 years before uh, I finally... Uh, made the decision to uh, remove it from my life completely. I knew for a long time, but it was so ingrained in my identity that and my culture that it was really difficult to to extricate myself from that. It's like it, it, when you're identified with as a drinker, it's like, wait, a, who I, who am I without it? You know, and mm. that was a that was scarier than the damage I knew it was doing to my body and my life and my finances and my relationships until it reached a tipping point. It's like, wait a minute, the hangovers are way too bad. The the fallout fights with you know the wife days of not remembering what oh, happened yeah so mm. the the negative consequences were mounting to the point where i needed to to make a change so i just decided to cold turkey and it was you know at first actually i did maybe 30 60 90 day stints where with willpower i was able to not drink you know i could still go out and just like okay white knuckle it i'm not gonna drink tonight you know <laughs> I'm designated driver <laughs> exactly uh, but then what i realized when at the end of those time frames um I would just fall back into the old patterns so easily that to the point where, okay, I need to be doing deeper inner work. And I always been a seeker looking for knowledge and experiences and adventure, traveled the world, looking at ancient monuments and everything, always seeking, but always externally. And then I realized, wait a minute, all of my the answers are inside of me, but that's the yeah. scary place. I don't want to go yeah. there. <laughs> right. But you need to go there. But you need to go there. And so when I when I finally committed and surrendered to going inward, that was the true start of my journey and my my journey towards sovereignty, which is the topic that you are asking about. Mm. Which means owning your shit at the basic level, you know, taking full <laughs> responsibility, right? So yeah. everything that I didn't want to look at, everything that was uncomfortable, my traumas, my limiting beliefs, my cognitive biases, my outbursts of anger, whatever was underneath the surface that was uncomfortable, I needed to look at. And so that's yeah. the, the journey I've been on in the last, you know, five to 10 years. Um, and that it is a journey, isn't it? It's, it's a not journey. an overnight thing. It's not an overnight thing, and it's an, an ever unfolding journey. Because um, you, what you're doing is you're 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 going in and you're peeling back the layers of conditioning and programming and beliefs and trauma and all the shit that happened to you as a child, mostly that mm -hmm. became your identity and your personality. But then you never really scrutinized any of it. It's like I have this anger issue or this drinking thing, and I I never even thought about whether that's a good idea or not. You know, mm -hmm. and those. Those things tend to get passed down generationally, so it's like they just uh, um, occur in the unconscious until somebody has the courage and the wherewithal and the awareness to say, wait a minute, is this serving us, any of us? Should we maybe look at this? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm really resonating there because, for, as you know, I have two children. Uh, yeah. They are not with me. I've chosen to do this journey of um, this crazy journey, apparently, of sailing around the world, just going off on one mad mission, and mm. I've abandoned my children uh, <laughs> because I'm their mother. I should be at home with them. And right. there's this identity where, as a woman, when the moment you have a children, that's it, everything about you has gone. Yeah. You're not allowed to dream. You're not allowed to have aspirations. And if you do, then you've got to be in the corporate world and you've got to be juggling work and home and everything else. And totally. actually, where where, do, where does my dream come into that? Where do I get to lead my children from a higher consciousness of saying, mm -hmm. you know, actually, she's a human being before anything else. Mm -hmm. Then she's a woman. 
and then in in amongst like and then all the different layering somewhere in there yes i am your mother but i am not your owner you are your own individual mm. self i do not you do not belong to me i do not belong to you yeah um and how am I going to teach my boys and guide them and say, you get to choose how you live your life. You get mm. to choose what model of behavior you wish to live by. And how can I show you that if you have a dream, you should go after it regardless mm. of who is in your space? Because who am I to hold them back? And who are they to hold me back from living mm. my dream and living my truth? Um, and something my 14-year-old said to me recently, it goes, yeah, well, you're not just here to be our mother, are you? You've got people to serve, mother. You know, <laughs> and then he told me to, you know, I've got up, you've got up a game. You yeah. know, you're not doing enough yet. I'm like, what? Yeah. You're so, you're such a tough crowd. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and frankly, the best thing we can do for our children and the world at large is the inner work, is the mm. personal growth work. You know, the more we can become whole and embodied and healed then the more we show up in relationship and conversation and society as whole beings that are not just getting triggered into our bullshit and our trauma and projecting, mm. you know, vomiting our shit all over the place, you know? So that mm. inner work is the path to uh, your best life and everybody else's. That's why it's so important and why mm. I do the work I do now. So, yeah. Okay. So let's look at the work that we do. And like, I know that some people will be listening to this and they go, what the hell is she talking about? Why are they talking about the work that we do? <laughs> like, Cause I remember my friend, Jamie, um, like I've known her since I was 11 and I call her mum, mummy S um, because her mum was there for me a lot during my teenage years. Um, and um, <laughs> she's my second mother. <laughs> um, and she goes, Son, I have no idea what you talk about half the time. I said, it's because I speak rubbish in several different languages now. <laughs> so we, we can play and we can have these jokes. And there are sometimes I post stuff and I write stuff. But Donna, who I interviewed uh, or had a dancing conversation with a few days ago, she goes, Dawn, a lot of the stuff you post, she goes, I can hear you telling yourself all of that. I went, oh, it's all for me. I'm not, I'm not posting it for anybody else. It's a reminder. It's a reminder for ourselves when we write this stuff and we look inside and yeah. we deep dive into okay why am i pissed off at this yes why did i just get mm. why is that person pissing me off and why is that you know and when we look at that we and we give our permit permission to look at that our children get to witness that so mm. how is that been uh for your children because i mean how old your children are nine uh, and 13 and 11. 13. Oh my God, really? Already? Yes, I know. My son just turned thought, 11 last week. It's crazy. I thought I was doing the maths correctly. I mean, we've been connected, <laughs> what, three years now? Yeah, three, three years. years. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, I need no, to go it, back to school and do the math. <laughs> yeah, they, they've been witness to it all. And I, frankly, I've just, I've laid it out on the table. I haven't hit it any, hadn't anything from them. And mm. uh, I think that's the best teachers. Like daddy is, is going through it. I call it because the way I describe it is I, I had built this identity and I had followed all the rules, all the societal metrics for fulfillment and happiness. You know, I went to school, got good grades, wife, kids, house, job, all that shit. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to tick, lead tick, you. Tick, 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 tick. And <laughs> I was there. I was there in my <laughs> in my life, you know, happy by all extents, you know, nothing to really mm -hmm. complain about. But there was some deep gnawing within me, knowing that there was more, knowing that there was potential I was un that was untapped. And mm -hmm. that sort of gnawing. Um, the pain of it was 
forcing me to or uh, directing me to numb it with alcohol. And so when when I made the decision to quit drinking, it, I likened it to tearing down that entire edifice, my identity, my personality, my career, my marriage, all those things were sacrificed in order for me to come back to this base and then rebuild it. And the metaphor I use with my kids is like, I just, I tore down my entire house. Now I'm rebuilding it brick by brick, but consciously. Every brick is a conscious intention of how I want to rebuild my life. And so they're like, daddy, how's your house today? Have you built the walls yet? You know, do you have the bedroom in? Do you have the, and they're like, I'm, I'm working on it oh, every day. God. It's getting better. Right. And so <laughs> there's this, yeah. So there's an interaction. And uh, so they can solo, sort of follow my, my trajectory, you know, and they've been firsthand witness to all of my, my breakdowns, my triumphs, everything. And I think mm -hmm. that's, um, they're, they're, they're learning firsthand on what it means to be a fallible, but authentic human being. And that's, mm more important than anything they're going to learn anywhere else, right? Mm, especially in school. Yeah, right? Exactly. Because yeah. you're in Costa Rica, aren't you? So I'm like, I have Rica. no idea about the schooling system out there, whether you homeschool. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that when um, the, like Ramo, uh, my ex-husband, him and I had a conversation a couple of, day, couple of weeks ago. Um, he's come on the show and he, I think it's my second or third recording. Awesome. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what it was for, oh, it is. I mean, people like, you get on with your ex-husband. Like, oh, yes, I still want to smack him around the head with a saucepan every now and then. But we, we are still really <laughs> great friends. You know, nothing changes post that, you know, for yeah. us anyway. But it took a long time for, sure. for us to rebuild that. And it's mm. been eight years. But we were talking about the impact it's had on our children and the fact that we, we've always lived outside of the system. And mm. when we... We lived in Egypt and, you know, we lived through the Egyptian uprising out there. And then we went back to the UK. And I remember one of Khaled's um, teachers, Mr. Oki, turned around and said to me, he goes, I love your boys' questions in class. They just, he goes, and I just really want to run with it. He goes, but I can't. He goes, your boys, their questions are so much higher than the rest <laughs> of the kids in the class. He goes, but I just, he goes, so he goes, if your boys, please, like, because the thing was, They'd seen so much. They'd seen Ramo and I talk to them on a very high level of awareness. Like if I'm having a breakdown, I'm like, look, just, just stay away from me today because I'm either going to bite your head off um, or I'm just going to like, I'm just going to burst into tears. That's the kind of day I'm having. And I remember we were shopping once and Haley goes, mommy, look, there's some emergency chocolate. Do you need that today? It's <laughs> <laughs> a wise boy. Oh, he's so wise. Um, my, like, sometimes I just go, oh, my God, how did you know that? And then, like, and sometimes I've caught myself saying it and not just because we got an awesome mum. Yes. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you remember that. Yes. You know? Beautiful. But that's. It, I was just going to say that's one of the primary reasons I moved to Costa Rica is to to raise my children outside of the programming of The Matrix. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. And so they could have this, this uh, embodied, conscious, connected with nature, emotional, emotionally aware upbringing, right? And, mm. and then, you know, God bless her, my wife and I, we just, we recognized we were drifting apart and we sort of experimented with different um, ways that our family could look and that sort of broke down, but we all did it mm. above board. There was no mm. running behind each other's back. We did it. And so trust and respect and integrity was never lost in our relationship. And so mm. now that we're not together romantically, we still hold a deep bond 
and deep respect mm. and deep love for each other that the children mm. have been witness to the whole time. So it's, it's a perfect example of how you can maintain um, respect and trust for one another and, and recognize that you're growing apart and consciously decouple if you want to go the ultra mm. route. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, it's a bit hokey pokey. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, but it, it's been a beautiful process. And I think, mm. uh, again, the kids are, are uh, better for it, witnessing it firsthand rather than us trying mm. to keep it from them. Mm. And I think that's the thing when they get to witness that, yes, it is, you know, we're not just staying together because of the kids, yeah. which a lot of parents do. Yeah. And that's actually, that's a lot of guilt and a lot of burden for the children to carry into adult life, I totally. personally feel. Like, oh, it's your fault that I stayed with your parent, with your totally. dad, or it's your fault I stayed with your mom. Yeah. You know, and this is something that Ramo and I were saying that, and it was something he brought up in conversation. I'd forgotten that he'd said it. He used to tell people, I didn't marry Dawn because I loved her. Mm. And people were like, what? Wow. What do you mean you didn't marry Dawn because you loved her? He goes, I married her because I knew she'd be an amazing mom and an amazing wife. Right. We both consciously chose each other and we both, consciously after the divorce that it doesn't matter whether we're married or not mm. we are still going to be the Aisha family yeah. we are still a family and yeah. I think for the boys to see that conscious journey and it's con me consciously choosing to do this life by myself mm. um you know and step into my sovereignty yeah. and this is who I am this is what I was born to do I was born to you know there's just so much that I, I just feel so blessed to I, I was born for the ocean. That, I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. They don't call me, me Miss Mermaid for anything. I mean, yeah, you uh, you and I we're both sea siblings as I call it. But um That's right. like and that is a Banksy mermaid. I know people that know me will know that's a Banksy mermaid, no Disney over here. <laughs> <sighs> just, just get the chills thinking about that organization yeah. um uh, for a whole host of different conversational reasons mm -hmm. but it them seeing our ch our children seeing us and the fact that we homeschool them and unschool them mm. and take and have put them into different education systems my boys have been in the british private school system the egyptian private school system uh they've been homeschooled by me they've unschooled uh, by both me and their dad and uh, they've also been in the state system in England so what is the schooling like in Costa Rica I mean what what is uh, what's the format for you you know what, and how do your children differ um, and not to get into a comparison thing but obviously yeah. with us being conscious we both notice differences yeah. in our children and their peers Absolutely. So the primary reason we moved to Nosara, the this uh, village or town we live in, there's a Montessori school here. And frankly, I didn't know anything about Montessori other than it was alternative and something I'd be willing to and uh, try out. So we enrolled them there and they were there for three years. That was a great experience. Mm. Um, and then they briefly went into the public system here in Costa Rica, again, just as an experience. Um, but that f we found that to be unreliable. Uh, it's a good system. It's a, um, it's, it's uh, the um, literacy rate in the country is very high because of it. It's like over 90%, which is incredible. But mm. um, we found that the, some days the teachers wouldn't show up and there was a lack of discipline. So anyway, that was an experiment that we moved away from. Then they went to a, a Waldorf <laughs> school. And Central America vibe yes, going exactly. on there, I think. Yes. <laughs> and that, uh, they were both in a Waldorf school. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, Pura Vida is what they say. Here. Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. You know, we'll show up someday. Um, yeah. But the Waldorf School has been amazing because it's, uh, they were there for three years. Um, it's very hands-on. It's very connected with nature. You're following the seasons. You're using your creativity mm. and your imagination. So even a math class or a science class, there would be a story woven into it where the children can use their imagination and use their hands and their artistic, creative Beautiful. sensibilities while digesting sort of academic material. So in that sense, it's been a beautiful experience. There's some concern um, that you know it's not following the Western academic standards closely enough. It's just in case we wanted them to have the option if they wanted to go to college and pursue a more academic career that they yeah. are up to speed. But I, in my opinion, you know, the tools and the techniques that they've learned from this experience far outweigh anything they would have learned in this public system mm. back home or the private system. Uh, emotional awareness, um, you know, understanding your own emotions is like one of the primary things that we need to learn. And then uh, interrelationships with other kids and then connection with nature and creativity and using their hands and their imagination, all of which are it, it, in that um, system invites the child to be a child as long as possible rather than Absolutely. to, you know, um, to nurture the inner child. It's nurturing their inner child. Exactly. And so, and then adaptability is another great um, facet because they can learn to do different things and adapt to changing environments. Which the world is changing so fast right now. That's the currency oh. of the future, in my opinion, is adaptability. And these children absolutely have it in is. spades, right? Mm. So um, now we're homeschooling my daughter, uh, which has been interesting, <laughs> somewhat challenging <laughs> on all levels. But you know, she's very independent. It it. it um, it invites her to be more disciplined with her own time because she's got things she wants to do. It's like, I have to get this done if I want to do this. So it's inviting independence. Uh, so there's been huge benefits, huge learning for all of us in this mm. untraditional path. And and they can still re-enter the traditional system if they wanted to, right? Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, like when they if they do choose to re-enter it, um, because one of the things that people were worried about when I took the boys out of school and said, right, I'm, I'm unschooling them. Right. Like... They're like, well, what about this? And what about this? And are they going to be ready? And I'm like, you know what? I think they're going to be more than ready because of exactly. the way in which they their learning environment. It's like a lot of the kids that I've met as I've been sailing around the world that are actually growing up on boats and are being schooled mm. on boats awesome. um, or edu educated on boats, should I say. You know, their yeah. maths is, you know, the angles of the sails and, <laughs> you know, the speeds we're going at and like, oh, like the push-pull and, you know, the trimming of the sails and the motor engines and, you know, like how to fix an engine and like the electrical capacities and the meteorology and the stars and like, so we're all learning and like the weather systems and maintenance of a boat, but they're also learning how to do all of this and, you know, the heights of the masts and how big mm. the sail coverage used to, needs to be. And, yeah. You know, and the heights. Practical application. The, Absolutely. So when right. your children actually then go in to do an exam, so like the boys had to sit their, um, their private school entry exam. Mm. And what was really interesting is even though I'd taken them out of school and I'd homeschooled them, I mean, you don't want me to teach you maths. Just ask my oldest son this. Like I am not a mathematician. I'll teach you English and I'll teach you grammar and how to write and, you yeah. know, how to read and research. But when it comes to maths and especially like I, science fascinates me and I understand yeah. it. But you don't want me in a chem me anywhere near a chemistry set. Right. I already set the science lab on um, fire when I was at school. I was like, "Fire the pins on fire." <laughs> and me being chatty, he told me just be quiet. And I was like, "No, the bin is really on fire." Go all the way, you be quiet. I'm like, "Okay." 
<laughs> or let the science lab burn down them, Mr. Badley. <laughs> but I think that because our children, they're not suffocated with having to learn and having to memorize. Because they learn the material and the substance away from that rigid sat at a desk, having to recite like all the rote learning, their comprehension mm. of it is so much deeper. So when they're presented with a, um, a puzzle or they're presented with a problem like in the mathematical or the science or the English world, they're actually able to draw on so much more and deliver mm. a much more comprehensive um, mm. answer than the children that are sat there, forced to sit there eight hours a day. Yeah. Having been a teacher and a school governor and a parent, I am speaking from, <laughs> you know, quite a bit of experience yeah. here. But They're yeah, just it's... regurgitating the textbook, you know, and that's oh. not a skill. That's not a skill. That's not practical application. There's no, no embodiment of, you know, what that actually means to, you know, measure a right angle or whatever it is, you know, mm. so. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. interesting that uh, because when someone read, um, I had a reader contact me after they read Wallahi, which mm. was about um, my life out in Egypt. And part of that was about being a teacher. One of the things I wrote in there that shocked me about the Egyptian system uh, was that when we had to write the exams as teachers for the children, we had to give them exactly the same text that they'd been studying in the class. Mm. And I was like, well, why would I do that? They're like, well, because they've seen it before. And exactly, that's why I shouldn't be giving it to them. I need to know that they've understood it right? with a new piece of text so that they can actually see and I can actually have a better way of understanding how their learning has gone on and whether I'm a good enough teacher or not to have actually been able to teach them so they've right. comprehended the context and all of the bits. Mm. So this is not just us assessing the children. This is us assessing ourselves as teachers and as a school uh, body uh and the actual systems with that the governments then drill down so hence mm. they don't want us to do that right uh, of course so that would be just a bit too much so the embodiment of this knowledge and the embodiment of knowing self mm. leads to this sovereignty now your sovereignty and i don't know if i'm going to make you blush here i shouldn't think i will um but um there have been a few photos of you mr mr cook uh <laughs> naked sunbathing by the pool uh, uh -huh. naked surfing um and you're so at ease and so comfortable in your own skin mm. that you are so free to just get naked and I, you've got naked with your soul there's naked and there's naked and exactly. you do naked you do naked very well my friend oh, um you. <laughs> you're very welcome but um <laughs> so what was that kind of journey like you know like You've gone from this Irish Catholic mm. um, identity, and the Catholic, you know, very proper. Yeah. You know, very no proper. skirts below the knees, ladies, and, you know, yeah. your ankles covered gentlemen. And, you know, it's to actually getting to the point where you could be so totally at ease with who you are and being in your own skin that you could just go and, I mean, I'd be a bit worried that, you know, you might get, <laughs> I mean, rashy burns. We wear rashies when we're surfing. <laughs> I'd be a bit concerned about that myself. Yeah, but... it's definitely a hazard. <laughs> definitely a hazard. <laughs> but how did you get to that point? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great question. Oh, I'll preface it by saying it's... It, uh, no, I haven't actually, but I'll preface it by saying it's still a work in progress. Um, definitely. It's something that continues to unfold and deepen. 
Um, but I was always a, a bit of a rebel, you know, growing up uh, as the really? youngest of three so boys. Not, not, not so, I didn't act out in a rebellious nature, but I was, always was questioning authority, like the church, for example. You know, oh, I was sure. the young, youngest of three boys, so I had a bit of a, an easier time with my parents. They'd been through the ringer with my older brother, so I was fairly free to do whatever I wanted, and that included questioning the church, you know. So by the time I reached you know, 13 or 14, I'm like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Hmm. And it, the, my disdain for authority continued. It was just, I, I didn't buy into it. I didn't buy hmm. it. There was something off about it. And I'm like, this is wrong, you know, and I feel it intuitively, but I don't know what it is exactly, but this is wrong. And so there was always a questioning there. But what I didn't recognize was I was in my mind about it and how I continue to live my life was very mind identified like very cerebral, very logical, very seeking. Like I said earlier, I always wanted to know as like a huge thirst for knowledge. And, but it was all in, all in my mind. It wasn't until much later that I recognized that I had to be embodied as well. And that's where, you know, once you start looking inward and you look at your trauma and your limiting beliefs and all that shit that was imprinted, it's imprinted in your body more so than in your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. and so that that took much much longer, um, and it still again is a work in progress. As I continue to peel back the layers of everything that I was programmed to believe and to think of myself and how I showed up in the world, you know, I think at, at um, on a grander scale, humanity itself has crawled into the shell of an ego, right? It's disconnected ourselves from you know source and nature and God or whatever you want to call it, um, like a higher being, and that disconnection has. Uh, proliferated all most of the atrocities we've seen in the world because if you are disconnected mm. from nature you're more inclined to harm it you know I can externalize any harm as long as it's in the best interest of me I know this is mm. getting away from the topic but it all comes back together because we're talking yeah, about, it does, it's so on topic though. yeah all because at the same time yeah well it's 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 collective trauma right you have to heal mm. your own traumas but then we have collective trauma from wars and pandemics and genocide and racism mm -hmm. and all sorts of things that you know, if, if I'm identified as a, as a single entity that has no connection to you or nature, then I have no problem doing harm to you to advance my own agenda, right? Mm -hmm. And then within that context, then, okay, well, who wins at those win-lose games in competitive advantage? People that are devoid of empathy and remorse and guilt, which are by definition psychopaths, right? Mm -hmm. And so at the top of the food chain, uh, we have a disproportionate number of psychopaths who are running the world, right? I and mean, it's mm -hmm. all based in the ego trauma and so the solution to that as far as i can see is starts at the individual level where we have to be move out of our minds and into our bodies be okay with what we find there the trauma the darkness the anger whatever it is and have the courage to look at it with the light of our awareness and heal it and transmute it so we come back to a sense of wholeness and sovereignty right this is coming back to the sovereignty piece and from there, and only from there, when we have that wholeness and grounded foundation, like the house I was building, you know, as that metaphor I was using earlier, mm. once you rebuilt that foundation and it's solid, then you can move into the world and grow and expand in different ways because you're not going to get knocked over. You're not like mm. somebody's going to come and criticize you and you are embodied in that foundation. They're not, not going to fuck with me anymore, right? Mm. So that healing, that embodiment, that, that willingness to be courageous and put myself out there came from the deep work of uncovering my shit, right? And mm. the more I put myself out there, because I've built that foundation, even if I'm ridiculed or I'm shamed or somebody wants to you know, challenge me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get triggered by back my trauma, right? Because I'm, mm. I'm whole. 
I, mm-hmm. And your your reaction to my self-expression is your problem. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. You're projecting whatever darkness or shadow that you haven't healed, right? Mm-hmm. So when I do post, you know, controversial photos or posts online and I do get backlash, which happens a lot, uh, yeah. like I don't get triggered by it anymore. It's, you know, it's still, there's that, that instance where like, fuck you, I just want to respond and tell them to fuck off. But it's like, okay, well, that's not going to serve anybody, yeah. right? And yeah. so- in that moment is where all your power is, where that you have the conscious choice to not go back into your trauma, into your wounds and operate from there, but operate from that whole healed, grounded, foundational presence, right? Mm. That's what sovereignty is to me and creative expression. Oh, yeah. Just, see, <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> like, there's been some of the conversations I've had have just been... I was like sometimes I forget that I'm actually leading the conversation. Like, I just now want to sit here and just process all that. Right. Because that was just <laughs> brilliant. That was so beautiful. That was so, you know, and this is the thing, isn't it? And this is why I wanted to have um, my own podcast. Uh, mm. I mean, I always knew I'd have my own radio show, you know, right. when, we, you know, things were, when I was on the BBC and, you know, like chosen to go as a guest in the studio and, yeah. You know, Dawn, we've got something in the news. We come on and be a guest, and you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I'm a very BBC mode, and it's actually really quite interesting because um, last week something very interesting happened. I um, was part of this network of people. Um, I'd only just joined, and um, the first event I showed up to, I was just like, okay. I don't know how long this woman's been doing this, but it just wasn't resonating with me. And like, I'd got the, and I, I don't mean to be rude for anybody, but I'd got, I was just listening and I was just doing other work because I was like, yeah, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm on, but I'm not on at all because right. like, I've not heard anything that is of interest or of any benefit to me at all. Right. Um, and that's not because I want to be arrogant or I am arrogant. I'm, I'm certainly not. Um, but then the next event that I went to, again was so out of alignment and one of the things that I do is I go okay if I was at sea and I was this out of alignment what would happen Mm. one degree out of alignment Mm. I'm off course you know that's the difference between you know the Caribbean and you know South Brazil one one degree of course and that's like that's completely different place (laughs) so I'm like okay if I'm in an organization uh, or I'm in a certain company or I'm having conversations that are one degree off course that's not good totally and i have to step in okay who is dawn what does dawn want yeah what who is what what is my purpose here and you know i like the whole body image thing uh, for me it's been a massive journey uh you know when i was younger you know i had bulimia um you know and i I didn't go down the starvation route. I love food too much. Um, and food is my favorite ingredient, you know. <laughs> Just And if there was a vegan gluten-free ice cream, I mean, I really do want Haagen-Dazs to bring out a pralines and cream, Hagen- <laughs> <laughs> vegan gluten-free ice cream. And someone said to me, but you're not skinny enough to be vegan. You're not skinny enough to – and I'm like, sorry. What? That's like, can't like – how do you like and, and it, it's the comments that people make you know like yeah. I'm a bad mother because I'm not back at home with my boys tied to the sink you know doing yeah. their laundry 
they've been doing their own laundry since they could pick clothes up off the floor and put it in the dryer or right. in the washing machine. I'm telling you that like right. I'm raising adults. I'm not raising children. I'm raising adults. <laughs> and I do like to make that distinction because children are already children. Mm. So we don't need to raise children. We are raising adults. That's a great um, perspective. I like that. Thank you. Um, and so for me, like the whole body image thing moving through, like after going through pregnancy, you know, uh, you know, I'd gone to the point where I was running every day and I was like, I'd got, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a green belt in mixed martial arts. So like I, I can kick ass or I used to be able to anyway. <laughs> you know, I've got my 10 K medals. I've got my open water two, three mile swim medals. Um, and then you go from having an injury to sitting down quite a bit when you're on a boat and you can't go for a run on the ocean. You know, I mean, I've tried yeah. walking on water, but not quite mastered it yet. <laughs> um, but I do a lot of swimming and, you know, I'm always walking and what have you. But the whole body image thing, and it was only in t like a couple of years ago that I was actually brave enough mm. to wear a bikini, mm. you know, and I was like skinny. Like, mm. And I, I looked at myself, I was like, you're too skinny, Dawn. Mm. I lost my boobs. I lost my hips. I lost my like, curves. I was like, no, mm. I want my boobs back. I, I, <laughs> boobs are great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yes, they are. Is, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are. You know, and this is the thing when we, and people go, oh my God, you can't say that. And I said, why can I not say that? Mm. You know, but because I'm willing to say these things, I'm willing to be playful and, you know, I do have a dirty mind and it's, those that know me have, you know, they all know it. And if mm. they don't, what, what have you been listening to? Seriously? You know, <laughs> like, have you, did you listen to anything I've said? Yeah. And I do play. Um, but I do think that again, that's being, having the confidence to be who we are, you know, and if we drop the F bomb or have a potty mouth, Adam Walton, um, I really like. I am so gonna slap him when I see him. Like he's got so many like lined up. <laughs> uh, he can't talk. His mouth is as dirty as mine. Yeah. Right? If not dirtier. Totally. <laughs> but this is the thing. People are so afraid of the swearing. Mm. Um, not that he is, but people they're more afraid of being offended by swearing than they are some of the issues that we see in the world. They're mm. more caught up in you know, what people are looking like and what people, uh, like, you know, the self-expression, whether they're dressed or whether they're not, whether they're swearing mm. or whether they're not, when we've got things such as, you know, the corrupt education system or uh, corrupt political systems or this farce that we're seeing play out in mm. front of us, like uh, Sue, who I recorded earlier. Just like, it's like we're watching a movie. It is. Like, and we know exactly what the ending is. Yeah. And it's like, why aren't you what? can't you see like and because there's very few people that and we're all being put into facebook jail i'm going to ask for conjugal visit soon you know <laughs> <laughs> i've been in facebook jail so many times like, and, and this thing so many of us are being silenced and yeah what i mean what's going on with i mean do you get to see a lot of what's going on in the world like where you are in costa rica or are you being like what's what's the deal there yeah not first person like we live in a fairly remote rural area it's a little surf yoga town so it hasn't really impacted us that much other than like bullshit you know mask mandates or whatever you got to wear it in the, uh. in, the in the grocery store um uh, but we've been lucky overall um but I I keep a, a close eye on world events from multiple perspectives, and it's yeah. just it's it's an absolute farce. It's unbelievable. 
and this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. If, if you haven't healed your own trauma, Mm. Uh, both individually and collectively, because the collective trauma is massive, the pain body in the world, it's easily <sighs> manipulated. Because right? mm. if you're not, if you're in trauma or fear response or fight or flight, then you're not in your executive function. You're not in your sovereignty. Mm. And the, it's in their best interest to keep you there by the fear porn propaganda of the multimedia, the mainstream media, because it keeps you in low vibration, out of your sovereignty, mm. out of your executive function, and you're easily controllable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the, a big part of sovereignty is taking that control back, but it means taking responsibility. And most people don't want to take responsibility. They want to be told what to do. They want mm. to uh, defer their power to authority, to authority figures. It's like, tell mm. me what to do. Keep me safe. Tell me what to inject in my body. It's like, no, mm. take fucking mm. responsibility for your own body, for your own mind, for your own emotions. Mm -hmm. right? Start there at, at the individual level. And mm. but it, because if you don't, then you're easily manipulated. And we're seeing that widespread people I know oh. that are very, very smart, intellectual, successful people completely being manipulated and played by the system. And mm. it's just a fucking tragedy to watch. It's, it is it's so sad. heartbreaking on a lot heartbreaking. of levels. Yeah. And this is something that I said to uh, a couple of friends of mine that. Um, like I said, I, you know. I am single. I am wanting to go into a relationship. I'm preparing myself for this relationship, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, like, for me, I don't want to be with a guy who's been vaccinated. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. I said, well, think about it. What's in that vaccine is in his bloodstream. Totally. It's going to be in his semen. And if we're going to connect on that level, that's going inside me. That's not happening. <laughs> like, uh, I totally agree. Do you know what I mean? And the thing <laughs> is, it's like the, the, the selection pool of men. Yeah. As a single woman, on my level of uh, yeah. consciousness and uh, you know awareness and level of success and all of this, it is really challenging to you know just look out in the world and go, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. there goes another section of community. Yes. <laughs> no, that's okay. But for me, I don't see it as a negative thing because for me, it's like, okay, well, it's just narrowing down my choice. And it's like, 100%. I don't actually have to choose that. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, the choice availability is a lot less, but it's much means it's of a higher caliber and it's a lot more suited to who yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, like, oh, it's okay. You know, you just travel around the world. You can screw around the world. You know, just go and have a bit of fun. Don't worry. So great. And I'm like, seriously. That ain't no. That's not. That's not sovereignty. That's not. If you yeah. have to keep jumping from one thing into another, yeah, you're not healing the wounds that went before it, or you're not actually honoring who you you are. And exactly. for me, it's like I don't want to. Um, and there's something that's just dropped in. There's a question I was asked when I used to work in Oxford Brooks University. This young lad was doing a um, thesis on. Uh, prostitution and the impact of it having in the world today mm. um he goes what do you think to prostitutes now i was like well i've got more respect for a prostitute than the girls in the club and he goes yeah. what and i think we've had this conversation before where i said i and he was like what do you mean i said well the prostitute is sleeping with him for money hard cash she's mm. honest she's upfront about it right she needs to pay a bill she needs to get some food she probably wants some you know more condoms whatever it is that she's but she's right. upfront about it but these girls that we're seeing or these women that we're seeing that are going and playing all these guys and getting mm. them to buy them with drinks 
just and they have no intention of sleeping with them or if they do like the currency is different but a lot of these women align to themselves yeah and this this young lad who's just sat there going oh my god oh my god i said yeah yeah and i think well it's also the the book collaboration that we worked on i actually used the prostitute example uh for a lot of these um people that these lead authors on these book collaborations mm. they're like okay we're doing this book we want your money send us your chapter and we'll send you a book in the post so it's kind of like leave your money on the side on your way out mm. there's no community there there's no um let's get together on a call let's support each other what are you going through you know and yeah. when i do it like as you know you've experienced like it's like Ooh. no let's build a community yeah. Oh yeah, and I kick you, and I, yeah. I, I, I take you on that journey. <laughs> oh, you took us, <laughs> you took me. Holy shit! And no, I appreciate the support. It was a, it was a difficult process for me. I had no idea how it difficult is. it would have been. Yeah, it was difficult. It is. If you're going to write a book of substance, and you're going to write anything of substance, it's actually yeah. going to add value to the world. Yeah, it is a difficult process. Yeah. Um, and again, it, but it's about not only holding ourselves in sovereignty. But holding yeah. each other in sovereignty yeah, totally and how has that impacted your social circle you know obviously i've said if i'm one degree of uh, alignment in my business and my social circles then i'm like no it's done yeah. I'm like i'm a sailor girl no can't deviate but how has that impacted you and your sovereignty in your social groups yeah it's definitely alienated a lot of people um you know and I, I can still hold love and respect and, and compassion for people if and even if I don't no longer resonate with them on a on the deep level. Mm. Um, and that can be somewhat isolating. You know, I, a big thing I talk about with my clients is that you as you are transforming from the inside out, then your environment is going to be transforming as well. And you're going to have to let go of a lot of things, you know, your your habits, your beliefs, your regular places that you go, uh, the regular people in your life, a lot of them are going to have to fall away. But mm -hmm. that is making space for the new to enter. And in that space, over the last couple of years, I have cultivated a group, uh, a global group of like tribe of soul family that I really feel connected with people that are mm -hmm. doing the work and showing up in the world in sovereignty, in embodiment and living their purpose and contributing consciously and it's like wow when you tap into that sort of energy and you feel a community vibe it's like that is so empowering so mm. even during this this pandemic and isolation and quarantine bullshit i've still kept in touch with all these people and that vibe has maintained and that's just like mm. it's so empowering and so invigorating to know that's there right and mm. so yeah it's it's been rewarding it's been challenging definitely at times but uh, super rewarding mm. But don't you find that the bigger the challenge, uh, yeah. the more rewarding? Totally, totally. <laughs> yes, I did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Not quite. Bugger, it's back again. And then yeah. you go again. And then you get yeah. to the next level and, oh, bugger, I thought I dealt with that. Okay. Yeah. Right. What's well, the next level of it? Like you were saying, like the peeling about the onion. And there's something that has uh, just I've come back to me. I've been like, I was like, oh, I wanted to ask him about that. But mm. you said something about how what's going on internally. Uh, mm -hmm. is exhibited externally yeah um and um one of the things i feel that you know when i you and i both love the ocean it, i mean yeah. it's at, it's my home like i can't i mean I, you keep seeing me look out there i really do 
probably have to sit with my back to the ocean from here on in because <laughs> I do get really distracted. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, um, oh, she was twinkling earlier. I was like, oh. But the problem is there's so much petrochemical in this one. Right. Like it's on the beach. And right. I'm just like, yeah, I ain't going swimming in that. Like I will look at you and I will adore you. And I really hope and pray that people are really starting to wake up. But for me, it's like, if you're not dealing with what's going on inside of you and Mm -hmm. you're just accepting all this stuff that's put on you, you're accepting this stuff that looks like food, but is not food. Mm. Um, And you're, you're the external environment. Like you said, you get, you get to abuse the environment. Mm. And what people are not really understanding is that, um, especially here in Brazil, um, and you know, you can't blame them with when you understand the education system that's uh, so yeah. broken here. But off the coastline here, you—I uh, mean, not where I am because I don't want to obviously give away my location. But a bit yeah. further down south and a little bit further up north, they—they've um, had two major um, oil spills that have been covered up. They've right. not been spoken about. Wow. Um, one of them happened a couple of years ago. And so this is why there's oil on this beach. Mm. Um, and then the one that happened uh, just a couple of, also a couple of years ago, one um, of what I was sailing from along that horizon right there. Uh, this is so mad. I now have got to a point where I can look out the ocean and go, yep, sailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking in this way. But um, that is so awesome. That is such an awesome experience. And like, I was like, first time it happened, I was like, holy crap. Mm. Like a real moment, you know, like, and it was, yeah. But what people are not realizing is, and one of the reasons why I decided to stop eating fish, um, I mean, I stopped uh, eating meat because I don't eat industrialized meat. Yeah. Or any. so I do. So I, I'm not really. I'm not a vigilante vegan, as yeah. I like to call some of them. Some of them scary. Uh, <laughs> like, holy, just steady on a moment. <laughs> yeah. When you consider what's out in that ocean, um, and I don't know what the oceans are like in Costa Rica, but I will find out when I arrive. Nice. When I arrive, um, <laughs> is the oil out there is actually being ingested by the fish. Yeah. And then the people are eating the fish. So there are yeah. people, and I said to me, if I gave you a mug or a glass of oil from the mm. petrochemical gas lines, like oil pipelines out there, would you drink it? Mm. Just like I said to my oldest son when he was biting his nails, if I gave you a plate of nail clippings, would you eat them? <laughs> he went, no. I went, Why are you eating them off your fingers then? Yes. All I'm doing is putting them on a plate in front of you, like saving them. And like, there's no difference. And he was like, that's disgusting. I went, yeah, it is. Stop biting your nails. that's a plus mothering right there i love that oh i'm a sledgehammer (laughs) (laughs) but again it's like when we're not taking care of our conscious choices Mm. and we're not being aware of the environment within Mm. we're not aware of the environment without and Mm. surrounding which is why there's so much rubbish in the world like litter and people are just they're not you know they they smoke a cigarette and then they flick it on the floor Yes. Uh, That's that dis- disconnection I was talking about earlier. Yeah. If you're in the shell of the ego, you're disconnected from your the the fundamental truth that we are all connected. We are mm. oneness. You are we nothing are. without the oceans or the plants or the trees or the stars of the universe. You're nothing. You don't we exist. We don't even have a planet if we don't yeah. have an ocean. Exactly. Planet ocean. So, 
the idea that w- of separateness is an illusion. And so mm-hmm. part of um, tackling the most major problems in the world is coming back to that understanding that mm-hmm. we are fundamentally connected with each other and the environment and mm-hmm. regaining the symbiosis of that, you know, which we lost, you know, many years ago, that is fundamental. If we have any chance of overcoming the problems we are looking at right now. Mm, absolutely. Mm. So you mentioned the work you do with your clients. What kind of clients do you have and like what kind of work do you do with them and like so how so people know like yeah. I love this guy like I want to work, like how do I work with him what do we what does he work on like, <laughs> It's so. it it's been an evolution, you know, like I said I I'm a musician first and foremost and it's only been a couple of years that I sort of um turned to it was actually a week after I quit drinking. This is quite synchronistic. It's an interesting story. Mm. A week after I made that commitment finally. I was like not the 60 90 days where I fell back into the patterns. So I'm done. I'm taking, you know, at least one year and then I'll reevaluate. The, uh, one week after that, I got a call from a, a friend, a mutual friend, and she invited me to be the guest musician at a retreat. And I was like, absolutely. Nice. It sounds amazing. Five-star retreat, bottom of a volcano. No idea about the content or who's coming. Showed up. It was just the yes. associate. It, just, it was just yes. It was the Association of Transformational Leaders. And nice. I sat through every workshop, every presentation for that weekend, and I just had my head blown right off of how embodied, how authentic, how sovereign how in purpose, how, how were they make, they were making money and, you know, doing it in a conscious, impactful mm. way. I was like, oh my God, here's something I can, you know, really sink my teeth into and make a difference in the world and make money and be able to travel. It's like, I'm, I'm in. So <laughs> truthfully, all in. All in. <laughs> so truthfully, the last couple of years has been, have been an exploration on how that looks for me. You know, like what are my unique talents, my gifts? How can I be of highest service? You know, where can I contribute most potently and that's you know it's taken some trial and error what does that look like first i started with alcohol that was an obvious place to support other people who are going through the same thing Um, Mm -hmm. so i I still do all of these things but this is just sort of a you know the genesis of where i'm at now Um, that moved to more of a an embodiment sovereignty and purpose i did the fuck yes club it was called right like just say fuck yes to life and yourself (laughs) Uh, so that's that's still going on i do that a couple of times a year and so uh, individual clients have been across the spectrum from addiction to, uh, you know, finding deeper life pur- purpose to uh, exploring creative expression. You know, I work with a lot of artists. Uh, and again, it's this, it's all the same work. It's just coming mm-hmm. at it from different perspectives. It's all the inner work of peeling back the bullshit and the doubt and the beliefs mm-hmm. and the trauma to really uncover your wholeness and then express that wholeness into the world. That's really mm-hmm. what I do. And so the next iteration of that, you know, frankly, in the past, I've only been sharing my, my free content, which I do on Facebook and Instagram uh, almost every day, and that I had nothing except these sort of higher end programs, right? And there's a lot of people in my sphere that, that they want more, but they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a whole coaching package. Mm. So now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to set up like a low entry membership community, right? So for all these black sheep, all these people who feel isolated, they haven't built that global community yet. They're just like... I'm waking up to what's going on in the world, but I have nobody to talk to about it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm the black sheep. I'm, I can't even talk to my family. I'm the black sheep, right? And that's all of us, you know? <laughs> and so I'm creating a community for the black sheep, right? So, Excellent. and uh, uh, off- excuse me, we're not going to go down this whole Black Lives Matter. No, 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 none of that. But you will get called on it because, you know, it can't be a black sheep. It's got to be a rainbow sheep, and then it's going to yes. be a blue sheep, and then it's going to be a green sheep because, you know, you're going to get matter. attacked on all sheep matter. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, actually, um, I, I, I was calling it the being community because my podcast is called being, but last yeah. night in bed, I'm like, holy shit, wait a minute. It, maybe it's, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's sovereign being. And that's what I've Ooh. come to. Yeah. So sovereign Ooh. being, so I got up and I wrote down like this whole framework for it and I bought sovereign dash being, uh, com, And so that's, that's where I'm going. going to be, going to be launching in the next month or nice. so. But I'm yeah. Cause I do identify you with sovereignty. And this Beautiful. is the thing. It's like, this Beautiful. is why I was like, you know, of all the people that, you know, that uh, I've connected with and just the work that you do and the way you share mm. and the way you, mm. um, you know, and the just is one of the words that I do associate with you. And I was like, yeah, there's just no one else I want to talk about this subject with. Awesome. And I, you, know, you know, you have no idea how good that makes me feel because that's in perfect alignment. Well, of, you you kind of know I'm me. Going. I say what I think and sometimes <laughs> it gets me into trouble. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Um, yes. But yeah, no, it's definitely, I definitely resonate with you. We're awesome. sovereign being. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and the great thing about that is also like with your podcast called Being. Yes. Like exactly. you have then got, um, or whether it's being sovereign or sovereign being. Yes. You know, like you can just get both. Play of with them. that. Yeah, totally. Just get both of them. Exactly. Soon as you get, cool, get yeah. the other one. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it's like reading the chapter that you wrote in uh, Breakdown to Wake Up. Oh, yeah. like sucker punched. Mm. in the most beautiful way honestly i cried oh my god like, so <laughs> yeah <laughs> many times there was a lot of tears with that book um <laughs> on so many levels yeah but again it's like when you express that in such a powerful such a vulnerable mm. um like you say and this word does get banded around a lot authentic yeah. way it resonates on that true, mm. like in the solar plexus, in the totally. in the heart, in, in the body, ev- right? In every, yeah. like, yeah. And so, it also gives other people permission to to mm. go there, right? To yeah, to, to to feel that and be that vulnerable in themselves, and that's mm. where all the magic happens. That's where the healing Absolutely. happens. That's where the embodiment happens, right? Mm. And so, the more we can show up as leaders, as role models, as beacons of authenticity, and and not for that, like my goal is not to create followers. I want to create sovereign leaders, right? Who mm. go out to their community and 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 be the light that illuminates the landscape, so other people can fall, find their way. Not just mm. be okay. Hey, follow me. Do whatever I do. I don't want that. No, that's, no. That's the guru thing. I don't. That's I'm not. I doesn't. I don't resonate with that. I no. want to be a leader in the sense where I create spaces for people to look deeply within themselves, right, and mm. feel safe enough to do it, and just illuminate that landscape hold up the mirror for them to find their own way, right? Absolutely. And so that, then they become their own sovereign being, fully embodied, and they can go into their community and ripple that out, and that's how we change the world one person at mm. a time, right? Beautiful, beautiful, yes. beautiful. So that's Sovereign Being. That's your low-ticket uh, membership, which I absolutely love. Yes. Um, and uh, I definitely want the details of that so I can put them for in the show notes. Sure, um sure. And, um, but you mentioned the fuck yes club. Yes. So the, yes. <laughs> the fuck yes. Club is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a six to eight week program, uh, that I do sort of quarterly, uh, and with a small group of people, 10 to 12 at the most, and we go deep and it's just fucking awesome. I invite people to really look at their shit and to, uh, peel back the layers. Folks, not literally. 
exactly yeah no to it's <laughs> it's it's for people who really want to find a deep sense of purpose and yeah. meaning and self-expression so mm -hmm. creative expression can look like many things it doesn't just have to be writing a book or art or music it can be you know building a business or a relationship mm -hmm. or a family anything social movement social mm -hmm. movement anything right and so mm -hmm. but in order to creatively express yourself fully you have to look at the things that are holding you back from doing it Absolutely. right and that you know those are limiting beliefs that's trauma that's all that shit that programming that conditioning that's covering up your beautiful essence right and the the biggest contribution you can make to the world is the expression of your unique creativity because nobody else does it the way you do exactly right mm. we've been conditioned that we're powerless as individuals and it's the biggest crock of shit i've ever heard each mm -hmm. of us is incredibly powerful but we've like been sold this idea that oh you're just this you know meaningless individual just pay your taxes and go to this 9 to 5 mm -hmm. job that you hate and just exist right because that's all mm -hmm. you're good for and it's bullshit so one of my my primary message is each of us is incredibly powerful. And if you have the courage to go inside and uncover that power and then express it into the world, that's where you find meaning, purpose, fulfillment, joy, peace, success. Everything comes from that place. Right. Mm. So the fuck yes was about saying fuck yes to yourself and then to your expression and to life itself. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and I embody that energy, right? That's why people are attracted to it. It's like, yes, Patrick just has yeah. that. I, I want some yeah. of that. How do I get it? And it's like, I'm not going to tell you how, you know, you got to find it for yourself. You got to find it for yourself. I'll help you find it for yourself, right? It's like when people say to me, I know. I've had so, like, we've actually been looking at some uh, merchandise for this because I've had so many readers and so many of my clients say, do you know what I do now, Dawn? I actually say to myself, what would Dawn do? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, what would Dawn do? What, what would Dawn thing, do? <laughs> what wouldn't Dawn do? <laughs> <laughs> different awesome. conversation for a different yes, day. Definitely. <laughs> But again, it brings it back. It's not about what would Dawn do. Yeah. <laughs> it's about what would I do? Yes. And, you know, it all comes back down. I mean, I have this phrase that did a few people's heads in when I first started say, saying, you've got to gift yourself permission. Yeah. To give yourself permission, to have permission. And they're like, have you been smoking too much weed, Dawn? <laughs> I was like, not, not for a long time. But, um, <laughs> but again, yeah. it is that triple layer. It totally. is that you've got to trust yourself to yeah. trust yourself to trust others. Yeah. Totally. You know, and it is that layered effect. Like, mm. you know, so absolutely fuck mm. yes to life and fuck all yes. the ju the juice that it comes with and yeah. just the discovery. That's Thank it. you so, so much, Patrick. And oh, my pleasure. So Thank if you. people want to reach out to you, it's uh, Patrick Cook with an E dot com. Uh, Patrick Cook Coaching dot com is one place. Um, okay. Instagram is another place at Patrick cook life. And then my podcast being dash podcast.com mm. and then sovereign dot or so sovereign dash being.com will be live soon. So I would love to see you there as well. Oh yeah. So all of those will be in the show notes. Uh, awesome. I might just need to, uh, cause Adam's helping me on this and God bless him. <laughs> yes. What a sweetheart. <laughs> well, you know, him and Jerry, they do get uh, like they get emails from me. Going, I don't know what to do. I don't do technology. <laughs> I do books. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, just recording lots and because uh, awesome. yeah, so you will have links and everything to Patrick. Beautiful. Be able to reach out to him. 
and mm-hmm. get a bit more fuck yes in your life. And, Everybody uh, needs more fuck yes in their life. Yes, we do. Everybody <laughs> does. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Don. Um, this has been super and, fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it has. Mwah. Take Mwah. care of yourself, my friend. I'm you just going to... Uh, we really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the truth serum podcast you can follow dawn directly through her instagram account instagram.com forward slash real dawn Bates. this is an invitation only podcast that said if you would like to speak with us or come on the show please send an email through hello at dawnbates.com and as always Thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks, grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.